It's Thoughtful Thursday. Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com, where we turn thoughtful entrepreneurs into media celebrities, earning them more authority, more influence, and more revenue. See, we believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. If you really look at where your time goes every day or where your money goes, that shows your real values. And if those time and money values don't align with your actual core values, what you think is important, you need to make a change. This is Jennifer Longworth, and on this Thoughtful Thursday, I am joined by Eric Rosenberg. Eric is a finance, travel, and technology writer in Ventura, California. He's a former bank manager and corporate finance and accounting professional who left his day job in 2016 to take his online side hustle full time. He has in-depth experience writing about banking, credit cards, investing, and other financial topics, and is an avid travel hacker. When away from the keyboard, Eric enjoys exploring the world, flying small airplanes, discovering new craft beers, and spending time with his wife and little girls. You can connect with him at personalprofitability.com and ericrosenberg.com. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's kind of flip the mic because I am usually editing you and now you're my guest. So that's really cool. Eric is the host of Personal Profitability Podcast. It feels kind of like we're in the twilight zone right now because I'm talking to you who's normally editing me. (laughs) (laughs) You also are a full-time freelance writer in addition to doing the podcast before you were doing the podcast right? It's kind of a chicken and an egg thing. I started personal profitability almost 10 years ago. This October, I'll hit 10 years. Uh, Back then, it was called narrowbridgeadventures.blogspot.com because I didn't know anything about online marketing. (laughs) It evolved (laughs) over time and it turned into uh, personal profitability today. And personal profitability actually led to the opportunities that started me down the road of freelancing and self-employment. So if it weren't for the blog, I wouldn't be here today for several reasons. Um, it, it's been really the the key in that that bud that bloomed into my success. And now you're making ten thousand dollars a month as a freelance blogger podcaster. Yeah, I've uh, hit ten thousand a month for the first time about two years ago. I, I quit my job in April 2016. That's when I was able to take my online side hustle full time. It was this huge milestone, one of the scariest and most awesome things I've ever done. Uh, it took about four or five months after I left my job before I hit the $10,000 mark for the first time. And in those months, I have to admit there were some tense and I'd say almost scary moments. I was looking at my income. We had just moved down to Southern California, which is a really expensive place to live. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I, I was watching the money and I, I was doing roughly what I was making in my old day job. You know, it was ramping up from that point. I was a senior financial analyst, so I was paid pretty well in that. But when you go out on your own, you have to pay for your own health insurance and lots of mm-hmm. other things. And I you know, moved to Southern California. I call it the sunshine tax, just what it costs to live here. The sunshine Cause, tax? Yeah, because awesome. the weather is always so nice. I just have to pay extra for it. It's the sunshine tax. <laughs> there you, you go. Know, but, um, yeah, but when I broke through that $10,000 level, it was you know, a huge celebration and a huge relief all at once. And I've 
been above $10,000 every single month since other than two months. Uh, one was I hit a bit of a summer lull last year, which happens every summer, it seems, with online income. And another was the month that I had my second daughter while we were evacuated from our home because of a fire. So I give myself a little bit of slack that month. A little bit. So the fire baby story kind of threw you off on income, huh? Yeah. I only got to work about half the month. It was a, it was a crazy month. But even with that, I was still uh, making more than I did between my old day job and online income combined before I quit. So even having a bad month now is better than a good month a couple years ago. So how did you get on this path of freelancing? What prompted you to go this direction? If we go way back to February 1985 when I was born. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to go that <laughs> far back. <laughs> so I, That's kind of far back there, Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, I started blogging as a, as a little hobby back in 2000. Six uh, that summer, I was actually the working at a Boy Scout camp. I spent seven summers on staff at the Denver area's Boy Scout camp. Um, that led to a scholarship program that gave me a full ride uh, to University of Colorado. Go Buffs! It was, it was a good offer, good experience, <laughs> good opportunity. And my last summer on staff, summer number seven, I was essentially the camp's chief administrator. I was running the main nice. office, um, which meant you know, I was making sure all the troops paid their bills for, for their campsites, all the other good stuff that comes along with that. Uh, got to deal with flight for life helicopters a couple times because oh, wow. you know, a bunch of tw- you know, 1,000, 12-year-old boys running around on 2,000 acres. No one ever is going to get hurt. <laughs> so, right, of course not. Yeah, Nothing we, to see here. Yeah, we were all very prepared for that. You know, that, that was all normal run-of-the-mill stuff for a Boy Scout camp. But what was new that year, uh, we had all these scoutmasters who had come up with their troops and they'd started bringing their laptops and they'd want to connect into wireless internet for work. So we added internet at the main office there. There's a lounge for the scoutmasters. So they could you know, log in and VPN in and do their thing. Um, and conveniently, when I was sitting in that office during the hours that the scouts were out in class, there just wasn't anything going on you know, when no one was on the way to a hospital or anything. Um, those hours, I, I had my laptop from college and I started you know, looking online, I started reading these personal finance blogs written by all these people who had gotten into horrible debt situations, and they were blogging their story about getting out of debt. And I was really into you know, politics in the, in the Middle East specifically then, so I started a blog um, about that topic uh, that lasted for a few years. I learned a lot about blogging, but I kept reading these personal finance blogs, and when I left my first job out of college, which was working as a bank manager, I realized, you know, I have a finance degree. I was literally the person approving mortgages and credit card applications and things like that. And all of these popular personal finance blogs are stories of people's screw ups. I've never screwed up. I'm not in debt. People should listen to me about their money. So that's, that's how narrow. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's how narrow bridge started and, and turned into personal profitability. So what are some tips that you have for people who go, oh, man, what? I want to blog. I know stuff. People should listen to me. How do I get into this? What do I need to do? How do I make money from this? How did you get there? (laughs) What? 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 Tell me stuff. Well, I I can tell you lots of stuff, probably more stuff than we'll (laughs) be able to fit in today. But here are some really important key tips to getting started. Uh, So first, I think it is so important today, whether you want to be a blogger or not 
to have your own website, your own .com website with your name on it, ideally. I actually spent $1,000 last year to get ericrosenberg.com. Before that, I'd been at the .me, which just isn't as good mm-hmm. as .com. So you know, having no. that, um, if you don't want to be self-employed, if all you want to do is you know, up your influence, something like that, you need to be somewhere people can find you. And the easiest place is your own website. Uh, your your mm-hmm. LinkedIn's okay. Twitter's fine. Facebook is Facebook. Um, I won't even get into that. Um, if, but if people <laughs> Google you, if they type your name in, which is what's going to happen every time you apply for a job, uh, you want to control what comes up first. So build your own website. Mm-hmm. My favorite way to do that today is using self-hosted WordPress. Self-hosted means... It is on a server that you pay for the server space. It's about five bucks a month. So you know, not, a, not a huge expense. Um, and then your domain name will cost $10, $12 a year, something like that. So all in, you're looking at about $60 a year for your domain name and your hosting with WordPress, which WordPress is a free content management system. I actually used to be a WordPress developer uh, when I quit my job. Oh. That was about 20% of my income. So and, and the freelance writing was the 80%. So yeah, WordPress has been a part of my career. I've been using it since I think about a year after I started my first blogs. So it was probably about 2008 that I jumped onto self-hosted WordPress from Blogger. Uh, you know, Blogger's okay. That's the .blogspot.com. And uh, you know, there's WordPress.com also, which the problem with those is you don't actually own and control your content. Like if you piss Google off, they can just delete your blogger blog and you don't have any recourse oh. or they can block it. Same with WordPress.com. You don't have any recourse. It's on their servers. They control it all. But if it's on your own hosting account and you're making regular backups, uh, you have nothing to worry about. Even if your hosting company goes out of business, you can just take it to another host. So that's how I would set it up today. So do you have freelance clients as well as just doing your blog? Yes, definitely. Actually, about, I'd say, I don't know, 90 to 95% of my income comes from freelance clients. Uh, so my blog and my podcast, you know, both at personalprofitability.com, those are, are my hub online for helping teach people about money. And I realized over time that that's actually become more of like a hobby passion project <laughs> rather than a moneymaker. Mm-hmm. I definitely invested more into that um, than I've gotten out directly from things like advertising and affiliates. So I pay more for, okay. let's say, podcast editing, for example, uh, than I typically make for a week in ad sales on the blog. But that's fine to me because many of my freelance clients have found me because of that blog. Actually, my first freelance wow. clients happened at a conference called FinCon, which FinCon, I love FinCon, big shout out to the whole team that runs it. I would not be where I am today if it were not for that conference. Because what was happening, I'd started this blog, you know, what became personal profitability. At that point, it was called Narrow Bridge Finance because um, that name means a lot to me, but no one else. That's why I changed it. But it was called Narrow Bridge Finance. I was going to FinCon every year and I started speaking and helping run events, doing things to raise my profile in general. And mm-hmm. when I got, um, when, when I started going, companies started coming up to me and saying, Hey, Eric, you know, we love what you're working on. We love your site. We love, um, you're writing. Would you write for our site? We'll pay you. And I was like, heck yeah, pay nice. me and I'll write whatever you want. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could yeah. do that on evenings and weekends. And I remember the first time I got like $10 to write something. I was so excited. I could go buy a beer 
with what I made on the internet that day. And now it's grown <laughs> to a point that it, it pays for my whole life, uh, for my whole family's life. My, my wow. wife is able to stay at home with our two kids and we're somehow able to get by here in California on what I make online. Wow. So how do you find clients now? Just from FinCon, from the podcast? How, how many do you have? What, what does this even look like? Yeah, so my freelance business today, it it shifts around a bit. So I have, I'd say, of any given time, about 10 clients that I'm working with. So you know, right now, actually, I, I do a handwritten daily to-do list that I haven't written my list for today yet. Bad, Eric. <laughs> but it's sitting next to my desk. I've, I've started it actually <laughs> earlier this year, which is, I've generally not been a fan of handwriting anything um, since high school when I was <laughs> mostly able to get out of handwriting things. I type way faster, but this handwritten to-do list mm-hmm. does make a difference. And you know, if I look at yesterday's list, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different client projects on there that I was working on for this week. You know, the clients um, they ebb and flow. You know, that that's one of the challenges and benefits of freelancing because I, you know, if you have a full-time job, I mean, it takes a pretty egregious screw up to lose that job. Whereas with freelancing. They might just decide to hire in their writers. That's happened with two of my clients. Mm-hmm. I still have good relationships with those companies, but they just didn't need me anymore. And I mean, it's the equivalent of a layoff. But because no one client gives me more than twenty to thirty percent of my income in any given month, if I lose even my biggest client, it's not like I'm going to starve. We still have other cash flow streams from those other clients. So you know, they they ebb and flow. Like I I get sometimes a big project. My biggest project ever was a one time, it was like a white paper for a payments company that I've made over $8,000 for. It took me, I don't know, probably two or three solid days to write, which was my best income rate I think I've ever earned per hour. Um, and then you know, I have some smaller projects where I could sit down and crank out an article in, in a half hour or so and make a hundred bucks, which is the lowest uh, I would take any project for today and anything below a hundred dollars uh, just, it's not worth my time at this point for where I've gotten to in freelancing. But yeah, so, so it all adds up, you know, it's, it's like a puzzle. You put all those different pieces together and as long as it equals more than $10,000 a month, I'm happy. And if it doesn't, I have to figure out what did I do wrong that I missed that goal. Now, how did you shift from full-time job into full-time self-employment? And how can other people consider doing that? That's a big jump. You're like, it was kind of scary. <laughs> you just started it as a side yeah, hustle so and then went, hey, now I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it started as a side hustle. And I'm that's why I'm such a huge fan of side hustles. If you go to personalprofitability.com, there's a big post on side hustles just because mm-hmm. it's been so important to me and I believe so much in it. And I would, again, not be here if it were not for side hustles. That's how I started my blog. You know, as I mentioned, it was after I start, stopped working in a bank, I started blogging uh, more seriously about money online. Uh, but you know, over, over the years and over time, it's been such a great experience for me to learn. But it's also, you know, I, I haven't done it for free. It's not out of the generosity of my heart. <laughs> so the key right, is, right. You know, is finding hours on you know, evenings, weekends, lunch breaks, wherever you can find time, which I, I know it's way harder for parents than single people. I did most of this side hustling before I had kids. Uh, but you know, a lot of people, um, if you really look at where your time goes every day or where your money goes, it, that shows your real values. And if those value time and money values 
don't align with your actual core values with what you think is important, you need to make a change. And I'll give you one big example that worked for me that's worked for so many people. And that was when I canceled cable back in 2011. So I realized I was coming home from work and I'd sit on the couch. You know, I, had, I had a one bedroom apartment. I was a single guy at that point. Uh, I'd sit down on the couch and I was paying Comcast $70 every month to zone out and do something that didn't make me smarter didn't make me any money and arguably made me less healthy and fatter or maybe even dumber. Um, so <laughs> perhaps I, I don't think many of us would you know, just watch any cable news channel right now. And I think you'll feel dumber today. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what your political <laughs> leanings are. They're all bad. Exactly. So uh, I canceled cable. I actually remember the last thing I had on was Pirates of the Caribbean, one of those movies, when I called and said to cancel mm-hmm. it. And like 10 minutes later, the screen went black. And I have paid Comcast zero dollars since, um, which in dollars that has saved me over five thousand dollars in those years. Wow! And that gave me more time every day to work on my business and go be social with actual humans. So my life got a lot better at that what? point. What? That's a thing. Yeah, socializing with humans. Who who knew? I mean, in the in the age of Snapchat, you could have a human conversation. <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, but that time that I opened up for myself to work on my online projects, that was huge with that. Cause you know, the average person spends often four or five hours a day watching TV. If you could just get two or three hours a day to work on your side hustle, you're doing more than most people to take control of your money and your finance situation. And that, that's really what it's all about. That's the trick. It's just hustle and hustle and hustle and build your skills and learn more. Obviously, you can't uh, make money from something without a customer. So for me, it was freelancing. You know, I I didn't expect that freelancing was going to be my big thing. I thought I was going to be more like Pat Flynn and be, you know, the the big (laughs) brand name blogger helping everyone with their money and their businesses. But uh, Google had other plans for me. Google (laughs) Google didn't want to send me as much traffic. So I shifted from from that focus, which I still do at personal profitability somewhat, but I had to embrace what was working. I had to embrace the success and that success was freelancing. Mm-hmm. You know, So if I had been resistant to that and kept focusing on the blog, I'd probably still be sitting in a gray cubicle every day for you know 10 hours or however many hours I was and commuting and all that stuff that comes along with going to a day job. But instead, I you know get to commute in my pajamas down the hall to my home office you know, it's it's ten thirty in the morning. And my time is we're recording this, and I am wearing I'm wearing workout pants, not pajama pants, but I'm practically in pajamas, and uh, I love it. Yeah. Know, I've been working for a few hours already today. Money's coming in. It, it's great, but it all started with that side hustle, and and that side hustle always starts with the first dollar. What advice do you have to the thoughtful entrepreneur who's listening? And your big thing is personal finance and stuff. So do you have any specific money tips for our entrepreneur? Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, uh, one of my biggest money tips that I think is so important is a focus on an emergency fund. And you know, as we talk mm-hmm. about emergency funds a lot in personal finance, and most advice yeah. says you should have three to six months of savings based on your current expenses. So if you use a budgeting app like Mint or Personal Capital or Clarity Money, any of those, it's really easy to figure out how much you spend each month. So just take that number, multiply it by three, and then multiply it by six. Your savings that you have in cash 
should be somewhere in that range. Now, as an entrepreneur, though, uh, as we mentioned, you can lose clients a lot easier. You know, it just takes a couple typos and they just won't send you new projects as a freelancer. But any mm-hmm. type of entrepreneur, you're at a lot higher risk of losing income than someone with a stable day job. So for those people, I recommend doubling an emergency fund okay. to be at least six to 12 months of expenses. So I actually have, when I quit my job, I had, I mean, we also sold my house at the same time. So we got a big cash infusion. That helps. I had about five years of expenses in cash, uh, but that's not typical. I think for most people, if you can save up a year of living expenses as an entrepreneur, that should be a good target. Okay. So one year instead of three to six months. Yes, because yeah, just because you don't know. And you know, there's a lot more rough patches right. in the world of entrepreneurship. But there's also a lot more opportunity because you keep every dollar of profit. So Eric, you've mentioned it a few times, but once again, how can people find and connect with you online? Yeah, so uh, the best place to find me uh, for quick little chats, you can head to Twitter. I'm Eric Profits on Twitter. I actually have a giveaway I want to give anyone who listens today. It's totally free, no strings attached, no credit card numbers or anything needed. If you go to personalprofitability.com slash bootcamp, you can sign up there and you'll get a free ebook and a seven-day video series. They're about 10 minutes long to help you start on your path to personal profitability. A gift for me to you guys. Perfect. Well, thank you, Eric. That's awesome. And hopefully our folks will go out and check out personalprofitability.com slash bootcamp. Learn lots of good stuff from Eric and check out his podcast. It releases every Wednesday morning, Personal Profitability. Thank you so much for joining me, Eric. Thank you so much for having me today. It was great. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media and in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.